Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon-perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsuck, and this is Force Center episode 125. It's like that. 23-year high school reunion. It means something, but it's not a big number. But I know some people who mean something to you and me. It's Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. I'm going to say that I think this episode is going to be better than a 23rd <laughs> high school reunion. I get where, I, I think the metaphor works. <laughs> but I think this is this is so much better than a high school reunion. Doing so this much podcast. Better. Yeah. Absolutely. Unlike Absolutely. my high school reunion, first of all, I am here. And second of all, I am happy to be here. <laughs> well, that was, that's, a second, that's a second conversation. You've never been? 
Never. I've been to two and I have a great time. Really? I don't know what, and I didn't enjoy high school any more than anyone else. Oh. I guess I just watched Gross Point Blank too many times. Yeah. I was looking for a fight at my reunion. Oh man, if I had thought to do it, I would have specifically watched uh, Gross Point Blank <laughs> on my high school reunion, which I didn't go to because we didn't even have a specific one. It's just every year it's been like, if you've ever been to this place, why don't you come and mingle with people who are 10 years younger than you and 40 years older than you? What fun. Oh fun. my goodness. Wow, that, that's like one of those weird schools that has, not your school, but like a school that has like, uh, six through twelve, like sixth grade through twelfth grade, yes. all in one room. <laughs> right. We're on the prairie here. Well, enough about high school reunion center. This is Force <laughs> Center, where we talk about Star Wars, celebrate the galaxy from the very center of it. And today, we're going to be talking about Padme. We talk about Padme a lot, just in passing. How much we enjoy this character, think it's underrated, think she's underrated, all those good things. But we're going to really take a deep dive into that. But first, as always, I'd like to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later in the show, we'll have our Force Center recommends. Before we dive in on this 125th edition, the week ends with San Diego Comic-Con, Joseph. And That's right. News up top about what you and I will be doing. Yeah, we got a show that we'll be doing with Mark Ellis and a bunch of other amazing comedians, all of whom are kind of in the genre world. That's mm-hmm. on Friday at 10 o'clock. You, guys, you and I both have other things going on. But in particular, mm-hmm. for Force Center, we are doing a little meetup like we did last year, and that is going to be Friday at 4 p.m., and uh, we will release exactly where on our social media. So uh, be sure to follow us on Force Center. Uh, at Force Center Pod, if you want to know exactly where it's not going to be like a hunt, it's not going to be like it's like a Force Center scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to like cosplay as Bosk and say where are they? I will find them. That's great, great Bosk too. By the way, uh, yeah, I'll front too. Gonna be fun. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna be fluid there. Now, Jennifer, of course. You are not going to be at Comic-Con this year. That's a bit no. of a change for you. It is a bit of a change. I don't know what happened. We scheduled a family vacation the weekend of Comic-Con. I was like, this is a perfect week. Oh, <laughs> darn it. Yeah, in fact, there was an email from you about another thing. Like, I'm not available these dates. And they were exactly the dates of Comic-Con. So I was like, wow, Jennifer is really committing to Comic-Con this <laughs> oh year. Oh, my god! I think it was the will of the force. I think the yeah. force was whispering to you and saying, no. Go somewhere peaceful. <laughs> Go to wine country. So that's where I will be. Quite a change of pace. We'll be yeah. fighting to cross those train tracks. Yes. Uh, to get to the convention hall and you'll be sipping wine on a nice winery somewhere. Yeah. But maybe I'll miss we'll, you guys. We'll try to Skype you in at the meetup. Okay. <laughs> Just okay. sipping wine. I'd like to appear as a uh, hologram. Got yeah. it. We'll that's, work on it. That's awesome. Uh, as we like to do, we'll have to catch up between us and see if there's any Star Wars adventure. So all wings report in. Did you get to do anything fun in Star Wars this week, Joseph? Uh, yeah, kind of in the last uh, week and a half since we recorded. I was at mm. the convention Convergence in uh, Minneapolis that I go to every year. And man, it's always fun. Great fun. I did a big show. Uh, talked a lot about our experience at the Solo Denny's event in my stand-up show. And people <laughs> love that. Talked about the Blaster Fire Burger. But the cosplay, it's amazing to watch yeah. the cosplay of Star Wars in particular grow at a convention like Convergence because Convergence was, this year was about 6,000 people, a little bit under, right. and Ahsoka, uh, a Holdo, and a General Leia that traveled together and posed, and then every once in a while there was a Poe from Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, I took a picture of like an eight-year-old kid who had like a kind of buy-from-the-store jumper 
that right. was the young Han Solo costume. Aww. And I asked him, to like, hey, can I take your picture? And he's like, sure. And I was like, hey, can you do a Han Solo pose? And he did the pose with the one arm out and the oh blaster up. Gosh. And oh, man, so great. Just so many. Uh, uh, there was uh, many Padmes, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing just to see the uh, the depth of love for Star Wars expressed in cosplay. It's mm. so impressive. I mean, I'm just impressed overall. But to see, like you said, to see it grow and to see it expand with all these new characters and what those new characters mean to new fans. Yeah, too. yeah. It's always nice. Always mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and Convergence, it's the 20th year of this yep. convention, right? And yeah. It's been around, and I loved uh, seeing the pictures of your show, sir. <laughs> I will say. You looked like an absolute boss up there oh, in front of a you. giant auditorium of people. <laughs> it was so good, so good to see you. And I was, dig- you had posted some old pictures of yourself through the years, not just convergence, but yeah. some had popped up on my thread. And I got to tell you something: bearded scrimshaw might be a thing I want to see again. <laughs> All right, scrimshaw. maybe maybe that can be a Patreon level. I, I was bearded for a long time, yeah. really, out of mostly laziness. Oh. <laughs> And the beard would get huge, and I would be ashamed. Oh, my gosh. You're a distinguished gentleman, but and, and, and beards even sometimes help with that, you know? Uh, but I looked at it, I was like, God, he looks like a like Han Solo in Aftermath era right there. <laughs> well, I know you rotate, so maybe we could yep. get in sync. So when you don't have a beard, I do, and vice versa. Wow. <laughs> we'll work on that. I can't help with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, any adventures in your Star Wars life? Absolutely nothing. I, uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, no, I actually looked through the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary um, and I was reading through it, and my daughter was peeking over my shoulder. Of course, I had she had to look at the Porg page. Uh, but then I found myself, I was staring at Snoke's page, and she kind of started looking over, and I quickly <laughs> changed the page because he is freaky looking. <laughs> I did not want to have that conversation. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not, ready not yet. old enough for the Snoke conversation. Is there no. a way that they could introduce Snoke to the children, like a fun forces of destiny? That's, S- Snoke yes. gets his slippers or something like that. That's yeah. the only way <laughs> that a Porg steals his slippers. Awesome. Uh, as, as myself, not so much stuff. Star Wars Adventures this week. I'm, I'm looking forward to Comic-Con. Uh, looking forward to, you know, I don't think I'll be in attendance at the uh, the, the, the the Clone Wars panel. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I'll be able to get out there, but I know a lot of people, Jennifer and I were talking before we recorded today uh, about people expecting an announcement. I don't think we'll get that. Well, no. there was a tweet hinting at it. Really? Really? Uh, from, from our friend, uh, the the voice of Radis himself, and obviously me. Oh. Uh, Stephen Santon said, mm. Mm. who knows? What, Wait, what? Would there be... News about untold stories? Mm. I mean, I, uh, uh, all respect to Mr. Stanton, but yeah. maybe he was like, you guys got any new work for me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. And and, and, yeah. and I'd love to see the re- continuing adventures of Mieber Gascon. Yeah. Indeed there. Yeah, so we'll find out a lot of things. Looking forward to Comic-Con. Uh, I'll be in the uh, Black Series Rebels panel. Look for information on my Twitter page for that. And, uh, uh, you know, I know Alex and Star Wars Explained isn't there. We get to do a collab video. I'll put that out there right now. Uh, we t- did an Admiral Raddus video. Nice. And that's out there on his channel. And uh, a lot of new ears actually probably coming this way because of that. So thanks to Raddus. Thanks to Alex. Let's uh, dive in. Let's get started here with our Star Wars news. Jennifer, Mm -hmm. as always, you've got exhaustive notes about these wonderful stories. There was a lot of news the past couple weeks. So the first one, according to The Hollywood Reporter, Billy D. Williams is reprising his role as Lando Calrissian. While we haven't gotten an official announcement from Lucasfilm, sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter that Williams will indeed be returning to the Star Wars film franchise. This comes on the heels of the news that Billy D had actually just dropped out of an upcoming sci-fi and pop culture convention because of a conflict with a movie schedule. 
all right, when are they going to announce this? Why have they not <laughs> announced this? It's gotten to the point where you know everyone's like, oh, he's in, he's in. And I said, well, wait a minute, ho-ho. If there's not an announcement on StarWars.com, it still is not official. Yeah. But I think it's official. I'm in, I'm exactly that same boat, where a lot of stories, you check what it, how, how it works, logically. Sources are weird. Sources could be closer than you think, farther than you know, whatever it may be. But Joseph, this just, it makes sense, but also I want it to make sense. So I, I'm yes. going to say it's unofficially official. Yeah, I think it makes sense because it just seems like J.J. Abrams would want Billy D. Williams to reprise Lando in episode nine. Right. It works for the story. So it's a it's a pretty easy rumor to let ourselves believe. Unlike similar report, like when Spencer Wilding uh, left a convention mm. and everybody's like, well, Darth Vader's oh, in right, Han Solo. Right. Like, well, that was a little bit more of a stretch. Right. This isn't as much of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Plus, as you've reported before, Billy D. Williams is exercising constantly, right? Yes. Yeah. New <laughs> diet plan, exercising multiple times a week, which having, having met him throughout my yeah. serving career, this, that is unusual. That is unusual. <laughs> and you, I'm glad you brought up that Spencer Wilding story. So that, that was a perfect example of, all right, kind of makes sense. I mm. get it, can- canceling a convention, but all right, well, I guess, and then, you know, it doesn't pan out. But combined with the little checkpoints exercising, his son playing this weird Twitter game, don't ask me, I don't know nothing, wink, you know, like all those kind of things. <laughs> Uh, I think it will be official. I think we can call it that there. And I guess we could talk about what that means to the film, Jennifer, right? right? Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I, I, I struggle with how much of him I want in the film. I just want a nice, juicy scene that lets Lando be Lando, let him be charming, let him do something heroic. Mm-hmm. But I don't need him to be a huge presence in this film. Right? Yeah, yeah. A, a, a bunch of scenes just filled into my mind. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I want episode nine to have a sense of uh, war, an ongoing battle to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously resolve, but like I would like to see the big battle. So if like if there is a battle and then Lando just comes swooping in an exotic new crazy ship with yes. another crazy co-pilot, you know, mm-hmm. or partner like Lobot or L3 and just saves the day. And then maybe has like just a fun, quick conversation with, you know, Poe and Finn maybe about like, man... I wanted to get out of this game, but I had to come back and just is charming for a few minutes. Like that would be right. That's perfect. I, I I'm right there with you on on that for for both of you. What I, I'm conflicted uh, with the not having the big three anymore. Yeah. Uh, Lando's part of the big five. I think throwing Chewie in there as well for me at least. Um, I don't want him overexposed. Not anything about common ability Williams, but just the story and the character and how it serves. And also because of the time jump. It's safe to say Lando's the one that one of the ones that answered the call finally or is found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to see that necessarily right. unless there's some weird flashback or anything like that. Uh, I do want a time jump for nine, so it might be in a different spot. He might be General Lando again. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a yeah. control room. I heard the the you know he's the one who's told legends and he heard the legend of what old Luke Skywalker did. And- Mm-hmm. He's inspired. Yeah, you know that'd be cool. Yeah, but uh, that uh, that's 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 good news though. If if it all shakes out. Yeah. yeah, I just want a nice when he if, you know if he's back to the camera. He turns around. The camera pushes in, and the <laughs> audience goes wild. That's all I want. Absolutely. Oh my goodness, Star Wars is good to their fans. I think so. And mm-hmm. this year, Lucasfilm and StarWars.com are celebrating fan creativity with the Star Wars Fan Awards. They want to honor the many ways that fans express their love of a galaxy far, far away, from cosplay to fan-made films. So here are some of the categories for this new awards. Well, it's not really a show. These new awards. <laughs> so you can submit videos to compete for Best Animation, 
best stop motion, best comedy, best visual effects. Uh, You can submit photos for best scene-inspired photo, best family portrait, best throwback photo, and best pet photography, (laughs) (laughs) and visual art for best digital art, best poster art, and best custom costume just to name a few there's a ton of categories so check it out at starwarsfanawards.com for more details i think this is really cool cool but uh, there is no best fan podcast episode (laughs) (laughs) which we should have been eligible for yeah but you know what you can submit your dog as a porg jennifer yes (laughs) well i don't think so because i was on starwars.com i'm sure that there's something there but well i'm sure your husband can (laughs) yeah yeah right brian ward you need to submit for uh best best photos or Or best best art best Best art best art yes made poster yes Uh uh-huh he does the best art absolutely that'd be a Big winner in my book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He should uh, submit like yeah, one of those Last Jedi. That's all porgs. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but this is a really neat. This is a really neat event. Now I'm actually not sure what if they're going to have a ceremony. Is did you guys? Hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't think so. No, it didn't, didn't seem like that. it. I mean, it, it seemed like, like it would be presented on the Star Wars show. Yeah. Oh, it that's would make right. Sense. There you go. That's it. Yeah. yeah a that, little shout out. Little shout out in the Star Wars show when they have you know it's always a great show, but when they have fun with that like their 100th episode and everything, I could see that being a fun little thing on there. Yeah, a lot of yeah. glory. And for those of you who don't remember, there actually used to be a Star Wars fan awards mm. I, that was at Comic Con, I believe. I don't, or maybe it was at Celebration. I can't quite was remember. Was it the fan film awards or was it yes. more general like this? No, it was the fan film. Award, yeah. yeah, and so it was like best short and best uh, feature length film, and actually George Lucas himself would select. It, there, I believe yeah. that he would select one of the uh, winners. That's so cool. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, which I think it, it gets lost that George had a sense of humor about Star Wars too. Mm-hmm. You know, at least at one point, I would still say he does. But yeah, he used to sit and watch those things. They didn't shut everything down. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Total cease and desist bonanza. Well, yeah. And I think it was the total opposite of that, which is yeah. really smart of like, Hey, if you are all going to make these films anyway, yeah. how about if we make this positive celebratory thing, which I think is, is great about this. Yeah. Exactly. Our, our friend Mark Riley was part of the star Wars in 30 minutes and then later star Wars in 60 minutes. And they, they got to perform a command performance for George Lucas at Skywalker ranch. Cause he wanted to see it and wow. kind of, kind of <laughs> like make sure like it fits in with yeah. good mm-hmm. and then saw what it was and he talked to him afterwards and, and gave his George blessing. So, you know, he look, he has those cool flannel shirts and a great love of <laughs> making fun of Star Wars. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, in casting news, is Felicity heading to Star Wars? No, not Felicity Jones, the original Felicity, Carrie <laughs> Russell. <laughs> Sources tell Variety that J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm execs met with several actresses for a role in Episode Nine over the past two months before deciding on Carrie Russell right before the 4th of July holiday. Variety is also reporting that J.J. will likely cast two more actors by the time the film begins production at the end of the month. All right, so this this news really spread fast. How truthful do we think this Carrie Russell rumor is, and should we speculate responsibly about the character that she's going to play? Ooh, yeah, I don't know about how accurate it is. I don't feel like I have enough evidence to go on, unlike the Billy Dee Williams. Mm. I'm in the same boat, same boat. Uh, it seems, it makes sense again. I mean, they work together, right? Yes. Did, did remember going in episode seven, a lot of people wondered if Carrie Russell was going to show up. And yeah. And kind of way, shape, or form like Greg uh, Grunberg. So I, I think it, it makes sense, and there hasn't been a denial if mm-hmm. it was not true. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how much how fast that spread though. Yes. Yeah, and I, this was this came out while I was at the convention, so I didn't I wasn't on social media as much, but there was just lots and lots of debate about Ray's mom, right? Ray's right. mom right away. People just a lot of people were actually very excited. Some people kind of were were groaning like yet another mm. <laughs> white woman who's a brunette. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, but a lot of people were happy because she is such a fantastic actress, and she does obviously have the relationship with J.J. Abrams. They've collaborated many many times um, throughout their career, so it's kind of it's kind of cool, but uh, could she be playing Ray's mom? Could she? Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not uh, uh, not impossible right. that maybe she was buried in a pauper's grave, but she came back to life, <laughs> <laughs> or a flat for a flashback. Flashback, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think in that article, uh, the initial one, they also said that they were casting a role that was action intensive, right? Yes, that's right, and that so, was this role. Yeah, so that makes me seem like if this is an actual role, if she was casting it, that this is another warrior, either mm. on the first order resistance side, pointing again towards this is going to be a a, a a war movie. Mm. Yeah, I don't watch the Americans, but I know. A lot of people love that show, and it can get actiony and you know it's more of a spy thriller, all that kind of stuff. But it looks like this, you know, she, she could easily fall into this kind of role. You know, yeah. this right. isn't the old Felicity version or the great movie Waiting. Uh, uh, what excuse me, Waitress, not Waiting, uh, Waitress. Oh yeah, um, Waitress. Yeah, so it seems like it's so kind of that's why a lot of people are speculating too. Like, oh, you know, she's she's coming off the Americans, it's a different kind of role for. Her. I still think if anything, if it could be on the First Order side, mm. yeah, but also it could just be. Uh, Hey, the ship's going in hyperspace. See ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and I just want him now to cast Jennifer Garner, and then they can team up. There you go. There be, uh, There's ass, an- ass kicking middle aged ladies together. Oh, I love that. Dream I would love that. come true. Scree! Chewie and the Porgs are journeying <laughs> to Comic Con. Last week, Hasbro announced a new Forces of Destiny set featuring Chewbacca and Porgs that will be at San Diego Comic-Con and will be exclusive to the con. If you went to Comic-Con last year, you might have seen this Chewbacca adventure figure, excuse me, uh, displayed at the Hasbro booth. But he is now part of this set featuring two Porgs and two little Porglings that are (laughs) furry, you guys. They are furry. It's not just flocked. They're actual like, oh, it's so freaking cute. And the package recreates the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Obviously, there's going to be limited quality quantities, so get ready to get in line early or pay a ridiculous price on eBay. Okay, this this is interesting because people were wondering if they had just did, were not going to release this because we knew that the Porgs were going to be coming out. We knew that this Chewy adventure figure was supposed to come out, and then nothing. Okay, so this is pretty great that they're doing this for San Diego Comic Con. Is this a must-have set? For your collections. I'm very tempted by it. I'm certainly not going to jump through whatever bizarre hoops are necessary. You know, I'm not going to sign over one of my kidneys or whatever yeah. is necessary. They're doing this new sign up online ahead of time for oh, exclusive. Really? So uh, you would have been in some online waiting room or something. I didn't even look into it. So Yeah, you're already out of the line then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're already the, back the convention the hasn't even begun yeah. and I'm already... Uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's what keeps me from getting these exclusives in a, in a, in a lot, of, uh, lot of conventions and a lot of fun things people are always like are going hey can i give you some money and go no yeah it's not <laughs> no, like this it's, it's not, not like that it's like yeah i yeah. happen to be in tijuana i'll pick you up a shot glass yeah it's not it, like that it's right. not like that um so must have emotionally a must have yeah we'll see if in reality that happens oh those pork lanes yeah. chewy and the pork <laughs> this 
is the book you're looking for. Star Wars Droidography is a new book coming November 6th that dives deep into virtually every known model of droid in the Star Wars galaxy. From L3 to IG-88, the book will tell the real story of droids from the perspective of Roger, that lovable battle droid from the Freemaker Adventures. The book (laughs) is basically an encyclopedia of droids, but adding Roger's comedic, sarcastic, and compassionate voice will definitely make this informational guide a little bit more unique. So this book actually looks like a really great resource uh, for kids and adults. Do you guys think that these kinds of books, you know, I I worry because they're not going to always be current. Yeah. With mm-hmm. each new movie, each new show, they are really neat looking. But then I'm like, if this is like a, an encyclopedia, well, it's going to be out of date very soon. What does that mean? I think it is just a part of the honest money machine of, of Star Wars. Mm. Like, I think Star Wars has deep themes, tells great stories, is important to our culture, and also it makes money. Right. Uh, yeah, my father-in-law had a couple of books that he's like, you must really want these Uh and they were old Star Wars books, like, and half of it is legends. And, like, right. I was like, all right, that's about weapons and tech and droids, and maybe I can use it to st- study for trivia. And I didn't want to be to my kind father in law. I was like, I, I saw these and thought you'd love those. And I was like, oh, but they're not canon anymore, father in law. <laughs> so, no, uh, I didn't want to be like that. But then right. I, I cracked them open to study for the, the trivia schmodown, and it was, yeah. Yeah, it was all like the wilds of old legends, you know, and that, that's the nature of these things. Right. And and even in canon, you, it's a great point, Jennifer, and it is part of that. Buy the next one because I uh, Celebration twenty fifteen bought the new visual uh, en- encyclopedia. It's great, and when you go to study now, it's got two years and three films not included. Yep, oh. and I'm waiting for the next one. Do they wait after nine? What do they do? Because I'll buy it. It'll be on my shelf. But yeah, they always got to update and and uh, you know they're fun. This this one sounds fun. I'm not familiar with this Freemaker Droid. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, and, and I, I look at it as a good resource because I get so confused with the new droids. Not in my life. PZ. <laughs> we talked about PZ. Yes. PZ. Yeah. PZ Leia's PZ. kind of yeah. personal medical droid and everything. Like it's not in my thirty year, forty year history of this stuff. Right. So. Right. I love that Roger character on Freemaker Adventures. So I might pick Me it up uh, just for that because of all the sort of uh, wacky droids he had, he does have. The most uh, pathos, oh, the most he's humanity. So funny! My daughter and I love him, um, and it's a really cool looking book. The design looks really cool as well. So there's another book coming out, as we know, Thrawn Alliances, and it is a gift that keeps on giving. A couple weeks ago, we saw cover art of young Anakin Skywalker and Thrawn striking a sexy pose and looking (laughs) like a boy band. Well, now StarWars.com has shared that Padme Amidala makes an appearance in the book for a mission alongside Anakin and Thrawn. The site also shared a first look at beautiful poster art of Padme on Batu. Yeah. That Batu and an excerpt from Thrawn Alliances where Padme heads to the Batu's surface to investigate the disappearance of an old friend. It's an action-packed excerpt, uh, and I really recommend reading it on StarWars.com if you haven't yet. Were either of you surprised to learn that Padme would be making an appearance in this book? Uh, I was really happy for the confirmation because the previous excerpt that they had put out, Anakin was on a mission to find Padme Mm -hmm. because something had gone wrong with her mission, I believe. Uh, so I was like, I really hope this isn't just like a passing mention, but that she's substantively in the book. Mm-hmm. I will say I was surprised from a certain point of view. Uh, when your excellent point, they brought up, they mentioned her, and I think maybe I assumed it would be passing, which is what we're going to even discuss a little bit more about Padme. Yeah. And when I when this was revealed, I was like, oh, yeah, hot damn, that's great. Yeah, I didn't even think I didn't think they would do that. 
uh, which shows, I think, a change in some of the, the approach to some of the characters and everything, that, and that's good. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, shouldn't be surprised, you know. Right. Which again, will we discuss in Padme today? Here, so I'm I'm really excited. And then the Batu connection, which we knew was already in the book. I I'm really, really interested to see how that plays out and how much of it factors into your experience there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there could be whole chapters where Padme's like, "How much fun is it is it to shop at this market? Look at all the items I can purchase at this market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a plush version of an Ewok. I don't even know what an Ewok is." <laughs> A reasonable number of credits, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wink, wink. Yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. One, one last question about that. Do you guys think that this appearance, some people are speculating that she's going to now appear in, in nine. Do you guys think that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been seeing um, that a lot. That's, no. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not going to put uh, yeah. odds on it, but I could see a world where uh, if Kylo is if there is some sort of vision fe- uh, uh, featuring kind of like the whole history of this family of this mm. saga that mm-hmm. there might be a flash of her. Yeah. Right. Mentioned mention by name is uh, high on my probability yes. list. Ah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Same with, same with Vader, Palpatine, all those kind of things. I think, I, th- I, I think JJ's we're going to connect all nine type of thing. Is, yeah. It resonates, resonates with me. And, and but novel connect directly to the movie. Yeah. In a pre-episode seven world, I think we were thinking those things more. Now, not so much. Yeah. Not yeah. so much. Well, that's the news, guys. That is the news. And we are going to be talking about Padme here in a second, celebrating the queen of Naboo. So thanks, Jennifer, on the news. And now it is time for our Force Center Recommends, our audio, audible audio book of the week, Joseph. That's right. And we are recommending Thrawn. So you can, if you haven't listened to or read the first novel in this new Thrawn series, uh, that you can get all caught up listening to the machinations of Thrawn. I really, really like this book even more than I expected to, and I can't wait for Thrawn colon alliances. Cannot wait for Thrawn Alliances, so uh, get caught up with this book, Thrawn, and to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook and help support the podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. All right, Joseph, we are here at our main topic, celebrating Padme. This is something near and dear to our hearts here at Force Center. We collectively really do love this character, and it's time we focused on her. That's right, and there is, I think, a general resurgence uh, of appreciation for this character that's becoming uh, very vocal if you uh, look on the general Star Wars social media, I think. I'm interested in whether it's even fair to still say that she's a controversial character. Mm-hmm. and get a little bit into maybe of our, our past uh, perceptions of the characters mm-hmm. as we were watching the prequels first coming out. But I think it is really fair to say that she is an underserved character, yeah. given her prominence in the actual canon of Star Wars, that there isn't as much about her with her. And I think that's why we're seeing so much excitement that she's in the Thrawn Alliance's book, that they're celebrating her enough to release a whole poster that's just featuring her it's not her and anyone else. It's just, hey, here's, here comes Padme, everybody. Uh, so I want to start our discussion by talking about the history of our own feelings about this character. Has there been a change over time? What was your initial reaction? All that. Ken? I I was a, and still am, a Natalie Portman fan. Beautiful Girls, one of my favorite movies. It's one of her first, first yeah. films following The Professional. And so, you know... When, when news came out that she was cast, and remember, news traveled a lot differently back then in those yeah. days. It was a lot of excitement, and I think the prequels didn't do Natalie Portman right. And there was a, there's a lot of stories behind that that we know now. But at the time, by Attack of the Clones, definitely by Sith, she's you know almost an afterthought in the stories themselves. And so therefore, I kind of carry that out of those prequels about well you know then you'd see closer the movie closer comes out around which obviously a different very different style of movie but it's like ah you got this great actress and then she's comes off as so wooden and there's no chemistry and so my mind the real world perceptions drowned out this character yeah and then as as time's gotten on and we've really dug in here outside of even just the prequelist aspect of our, our a lot of our themes here going back to phantom menace i'm like wow this this is a really interesting intriguing character and in uh, the Star Wars world that uh, we talk, talk about, a lot of the focus on the fathers and all this stuff, you got this 14-year-old queen of her people willing to die, willing to fight, willing to do what needs to be done. And I think that's a real valuable thing. And then to see how it definitely ties into Leia and who Leia is and how important that is, I really do have grown to really love this character more than I did in 1999. Yeah. 
Was a lot of that. We'll talk more about the Clone Wars, but was some of it spending more time with her in the Clone Wars? Yes. The same way like a lot of people came around a little bit more to Anakin if they didn't like the prequels because of uh, more time, more nuance. Absolutely. And, and Catherine Tabber's performance, they're really, really good. Really good. And, and, and to, again, to not to spend more time with her outside of meetings. You know, yes. and, and she's got a lot of action in, in the prequels. Obviously, she's the queen of action. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't like by the, by the Clone Wars, she, she doesn't, it wasn't just meeting with Bail Organa. She was, <laughs> there were stories around her, and you got to see her in action, uh, literally and figuratively. And, uh, and, yeah, it definitely helped. Awesome. Jennifer, what's your history with the character of Padme? Yeah, basically, it's, it's almost identical to yours, Ken. I felt this. I loved Natalie Portman going into The Phantom Menace. Huge fan of hers from Beautiful Girls. And I was so excited to see what she was going to bring to this role. And I remember watching her as, as Queen Amidala, who my daughter loves, which is just, just, I'm so excited to experience these films through my daughter's eyes when we get there. But when I watched the film, and as Amidala with this headdress, to me, Natalie Portman, the actress looks so uncomfortable, so stiff. And I know that that's part of the character. And like you're talking mm-hmm. about, Ken, we learn about all this stuff later on, the behind the scenes things. But I felt like the film did not do her justice as a, the actress that I knew. And I was frustrated. And that really clouded how I watched the films. And so what was fascinating, though, is that over time, with the Clone Wars, now with Forces of Destiny, and with listening to all of the all of the fans that love her, it's made me go back and re-examine, why do people love this character? And so <laughs> I really did not know. But I, I appreciate that people do. And so I feel like I'm kind of now going back and repairing the hurt that I had <laughs> to, to find out why this character is so beloved. And I think that with all this new supplemental and, you know, uh, the books and whatnot that we're, that we're starting to see come out about her, I think that she's going to have um, more aspects of her character that I can dive into and really love. Yeah. I'm not there yet, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, but I, I am hopeful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I was in the same uh, ballpark when I first saw it of thinking Natalie Portman was a, a fabulous actor. But, like, I I think I didn't hold any sort of um, stiffness or awkwardness in the uh, performance against the character. Because I remember thinking, even on, like, my first viewing that there had been just, you know, at that point, years of jokes about Mace Windu and is Samuel L. Jackson going to bring that sort of energy and that mm-hmm. intensity. Mm. And then yeah, that first Jedi Council scene, like, I, I'm a prequelist, I love it, but he just really does like, yeah, hold up the cue cards for me, George. Yeah. And I will just <laughs> say the word. So it's like, wow, there's something going on in this yeah. process where, like, Ewan McGregor seems to be full of life and other people are like, I'll, I'll say the words for you, George. Uh, and I, I still think that's a valid criticism of the prequels. But with Padme's character over the years, as I continue to watch Phantom Menace, I think that works. I think that is appropriate for Queen Amidala that they're, you're seeing not just the culture of the overall galaxy, you're seeing the culture of Naboo. Mm-hmm. And that this is how royals present themselves and, and that there is a difference between Amidala and Queen Amidala and Padme, the alleged handmaiden. Right. And that that is all very, very purposeful. And then I think, uh, you know, there are various stories about exactly what went on in Attack the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. But I think if you want to be a detective for yourself, just go watch them behind the scenes of Attack the Clones when George decided to add the droid foundry mm-hmm. sequence in pickup shoots entirely because he didn't think there was enough action. And there's mm-hmm. that scene of him directing 
Padme through this very video game scene yeah. of running on the the pad and getting out of the way of the the molten lava, and, and we're we're Natalie Portman's like, you're messing with me, right? Like she honestly, there's like this interaction where it feels like you're trying. This is a practical joke, right? So like, just just look at that and make your own assumptions yeah. about what's going on in the relationship of trust between director, writer, and actor. And I think that unfortunately led to a diminished role yeah. in Revenge of the Sith. But uh, I think with the Clone Wars and also just rewatching the prequels and separating out uh, Padme's story from the larger story makes me appreciate the character more and more. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and quick thought, too, and when we say you know, diminished, there are, you know, read Star Wars, uh, how Star Wars con- conquered the uh, universe, there's thoughts on that. But also, I mean, George cut out a lot of the Mon Mothma, Bail Organa storyline, the formation of the Rebellion, which would have been very Padme heavy. Yeah. And that I don't think has anything to do with Natalie Portman and him not getting along, anything like that. I think it's just pacing right. of the film, the too. The run, running time, yeah, yeah. as well as, yeah. Three-hour Revenge of the Sith we did not get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can splice it together as fans. All right, so that gives us a little background on our, our personal feelings about Padme. I want to discuss Padme in two ways. First, I want to be sure to discuss her as her own person, because I think sometimes we really focus on her as her relationships. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about her as her own person, but then her relationships are important because it is what elevates her so much in canon that she is Anakin's partner and Luke and Leia's mother. Mm-hmm. And we it's impossible to watch the prequels without that, that weight yeah. of this is Luke and Leia's mom. So as her own person, how do you define her character? What makes her sing to you? What are your favorite moments uh, where you can point to and like, that is a quintessential Padme moment. That's what makes her Padme, not Anakin's wife, not Luke and Leia's mom. That's what makes her Padme. Hmm. I think independently brave. Hmm. And I go to the scene in Phantom Menace where you got Palpatine. Good old Sheev is starting to work his magic. He's already worked his magic. And she's like, this is not this is your place, Senator. I'm going back. Yeah. And it's the only moment in Phantom Menace where I really sense Palpatine's like, what? Huh? I didn't expect you to do that. Yeah. And he didn't take into account that she is t- completely free thinking a elected queen who takes that position seriously and is not going to sit there on a on a on a throne or on a in a in a senate pod and hoping it works out for her people. She's going to go back to the ground and I think that was the only time Palpatine was like uh, um for okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Damn it, I must adapt. <laughs> yeah, I must shift my shifty plan around to more shiftiness. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, do you want to go? Or- yeah, I think that what I find so fascinating about Padme is how she she exudes a strength through elegance. She exudes a strength as, as Amidala and as Padme and as Natalie Portman, this elegant, beautiful actress and yet she is she is not afraid to spring into action and she shows that you can be a strong leader uh st- I don't want to say strong female character right. but but you know something a force to be reckoned with without having to resort to being quote to being to exuding masculine traits or or being uber tough she mm-hmm. doesn't have to do that she she exudes that through her elegance and that's what i really appreciate about the character is that it gives us a different type of heroine in the same vein of princess leia yeah it's it's really a nice beautiful this beautiful poetry is yeah what I'm trying to say. yeah i think for me that the, the uh, sense that she is a defiant pacifist Mm-hmm. who is going to look for the best way to solve the problem, the political way 
to solve the problem, to heal things, to make things better for everyone. But then when she gets pushed, she immediately pushes back. Mm-hmm. Like, I think her arc in, in Phantom Menace, which I won't condone, you know, a course of action that will lead us to war, that has this great rhythm with, but I do keep a blaster in my throne just yeah. in case. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to it, I will use it. Uh, so that, and we keep seeing that again and again, where she is going to stand up and fight for absolutely what she believes in. And it ha- is very pragmatic in the, I'm going to fight for it politically. And then when I run out of options and there is no other choice but to fight back. Uh, to me, that's like one of the huge themes of Star Wars is when do you choose to fight? Mm-hmm. And Padme is one of like the clearest characters who feels like she is on top of it and has this uh, knowledge in this morality and this checklist of like, I'm going to try every other option. And then the blaster is coming out. Mm-hmm. And like even in the, uh, the Geonosis Arena scene and mm-hmm. Petronaki Arena where she's like, well... I could freak out. I could turn to the Jedi. I could, you know, yell about how this is against all sorts of treaties. But instead, I'm just getting my lockpick out because yeah. a big cat's going to murder me. Right. And that is my concern right now. And I'm going to take care of that. And then later we will deal with the yeah. ramifications. Which is, right. a, which is a great moment when Obi-Wan got his, like, I think she's doing fine. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing I wanted to point out is just that uh, level of sacrifice and duty. I love the in attack, the clones, the specificity of the people wanted her to continue. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I shouldn't. That's not the best politically. Yeah. It's not the best for the people of Naboo. But then the, the next queen is like, but can you be Senator? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you get that sense from other moments that maybe she would like a private life. Yeah. Maybe that's part of her connection to Anakin of like, I come from a big family. I want a life of my own, but I'm being asked to serve, so I will. Yeah. Unflinchingly, constantly. That that sacrifice is is very palpable, which is why, you know, sometimes she's on that balcony like, maybe maybe we should have never left Naboo, Anakin. Yeah. 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 And it's it's like the the rock star that sacrifices a normal life in a family to have a 40-year career in rock and roll. You know, she she, she answered a higher calling and, and, and the weight of... Of that is always sad. Padme is a sadder character. That 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 memory that Leia has, which we now know is a little convoluted by Lucas changing a little bit what he might have intended in 1973, and he <laughs> makes this, you know. But you know, Leia saying she she was beautiful but sad. Uh, I think that he did a, did do a great job of translating that yeah. into, into Padme in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, kind but sad, right? Beautiful, kind but sad, and, yeah. and that's what she is. And Attack the clones. Oh, oh, fine, Anakin. You have to protect me. I'm going to this planet. I'm a queen of action, but it, it, it does have a cost. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so now that we uh, talked a little bit about how we perceive her just independently as her own character, her own person, let's talk about how we perceive her relationships with these other big Star Wars characters. First, let's talk about, oh, the big uh, shack, the big butt cow in the room, uh, her <laughs> relationship with Anakin. Now, we, of course, can can criticize it, as many Star Wars fans have, the way it's depicted in Attack the Clones. But what are the highlights for you, either in Attack the Clones or going on when we get to see much more of their relationship in Clone Wars and Forces of Destiny, even? Mm-hmm. What, what are the highlights of that romance? Mm. Oh, romance. Well, see, uh, the highlight for me is actually not the romance. It is the Phantom Menace, when she is meeting young Anakin and the sweetness that she has, but also that, you know, the older kid vibe that she, you know, I'm, I'm no more than you kid, but there, <laughs> but there is, um, a compassion and the fact that she, she does listen to him, even though he is a, a slave child that she, 
there there are some excellent qualities that she um, exudes in her relationship with him in the beginning. It is a little creepy if you think sure, about sure, it. Sure. But for me, the, that was a highlight of seeing this these two young people um, just just bonding a queen and a, and a slave. Yeah. And finding common ground and also her kind of being um, impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Th- there's something neat about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that she was so impressed by is his kindness. Yeah. Because there is that whole story of Anakin saying to Shmi, like you say, the biggest problem is that nobody helps each other. Mm. And as convoluted as the story is about how they need to get off Tatooine from Padme's perspective. That's what this young, innocent boy who's living in a a bad situation. It's like, I want to drop everything and take a a huge personal risk. I could die in this pod race to help people. And I feel like that, you know, you you have to kind of remember that going forward into Attack of the Clones. Right. That she knew that young, innocent kid. And I think one of the strongest things to me in Attack of the Clones is that despite all the the weird things that Anakin says and the things that... uh, Mm-hmm. Your mileage may vary. To me, come off a little tone deaf where Anakin seems creepy instead yeah. of instead of romantic. That's just my opinion. I know other people love it, and I understand that. Um, but even when it gets down to the I, I killed them all, mm-hmm. she is seeing this wounded person that she wants to help. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think the story could have been told better, but also this kind of dangerous, roguish, attractive guy. Yeah. And, you know, Padme has dated lots of uptight proper boys yeah. as we get to see in the Clone Wars, which is really awesome. And then you see like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. she was dating like the straight A students of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and then she sees this kind of dangerous, exciting guy who she also knows to be underneath it all a kind person who has legitimate wounds and she wants to help him. And, mm-hmm. like, that to me, I think, is some of the power of their relationship. Yeah, I think some of the better stuff does develop in the Clone Wars. You see it more on a smaller level. We get to grow with them on the show there. Yeah. But as, as yeah, absolutely, you know, George missed on some of the beats in Attack of the Clones particularly. I think if you take away the dialogue in the in the, in the uh, arena, you have one of the most beautiful scenes in Star Wars. You still do. If you, yeah. But, but I, I, I never want to lose the intent of what I think George was trying to do. He just, you know, needed Carrie to do a little bit more ghostwriting. <laughs> <laughs> but what he was, that story he was trying to tell, I mean, you know, tall, dark, and, and brooding, and, and he's got this weight. And I, I, Padme, number one, has the right to fall for who she wants to fall for, but also struggles with it, clearly doesn't want to, because she is pragmatic and, and, and connects back to, it's a great connection, Jennifer, actually, to uh, the, the, the Phantom Menace where he... You know, his soul is on display there. Um, and I think it, I, I, he is at times through the, the for me as well, Joseph, the, 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 the lens of looking back, he does come off as a little bit of like, I just, I'm going to stare at you and I'm a little creepy and <laughs> yeah. understand and, and somewhat inappropriate. <laughs> but I think the intent of George was to tell this, this tumultuous soul, Anakin, and, and seeking comfort from this, this stronger character and, and you know, whether it's just, she wants to, it's not just to me, I'm going to help the bad boy, but there's some of those tropes are there, but I think George's intentions were really good with this sweeping romance and it made sense to me, just not execute as well. But I think later on the clone wars, you really do see it. Yeah. And it really plays out well. Yeah. I can't remember all of the permutations, but there's the uh, episode where uh, a bunch of senators are, are held hostage by Cad Bane and she has Anakin's lightsaber. Because they were having like this fun conversation, yeah. he was basically hey, check out my lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Like those moments of connection and intimacy, and also highlighting that like 
yeah. the, there is the pull of a romance that should not be mm-hmm. for someone who has always been duty bound. Yeah. To be like, I love this person. He shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about Padme being Luke and Leia's mom. How do we see Padme in Luke and Leia? Hmm. I definitely see Padme in Leia. Uh, Leia's ability to lead, uh, but still sh- you know, showing kindness, like we just talked about, wanting to help people. I immediately go to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, where mm-hmm. Leia you know, takes a risk because she wants to help uh, and free these, these people who are being oppressed. Um, so yeah, it's amazing how much of Padme is in Leia. With Luke, I don't see her as much. Maybe uh, hopefulness, I suppose, the hope that Luke has, the optimism, um, wanting to see the good in people, perhaps. What yeah. do you guys think? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, there's been a discussion around, like, sometimes you see more Anakin in Leia and more Padme in Luke. Mm, and I yeah. think when people say that, I think, it to me, there's something really emotive about the kind but sad. That mm. sounds like Luke. Mm. Like, you know, I can, like, when Luke is sad about Obi-Wan Kenobi's passing, and Leia's like, yep, I'll comfort you. Even though my entire planet was just destroyed, I've got my armor on, and I will just march forward and, and lock down my emotions and, and be there for you. And Luke, how could you describe the look on Luke's face as anything but kind but sad, right? Yeah. Mm. And there, there's something to me about the emotive side of Padme that's really visible in Luke. Mm. Yeah, I see the connection stronger with, with Leia and everything, but I think a little column A, a little column B with both of them there. And, and, and you know... Anakin's in, in Leia as well, just with some of that that the fearlessness, a little bit of anger, <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. bit. Definitely, Luke, the emotional side. Luke definitely has that Skywalker, uh, <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> thing. But I think Lucas did a great job of of connecting that that regalness to, of Padme to Leia, but also being of the people, and it's really on display in Princess of Alderaan. Claudia Gray, as always, does such a great job. But I really. It's no coincidence. Be, I think it's beyond just how she looks that Panaka sees her in that dress and is like, wait a minute. Right. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. who you are. I served you. Yeah. Based yeah. on what you're doing and how you look, it all connects. So, so mm-hmm. I, think, I, think, I think it's there. It's, it's, it's definitely there. It isn't just, a, oh, she's, his, she's their mom. Check the box. Uh, you know, there's a good connective thread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any other thoughts on, on the Luke and Leia uh, relationship to Padme is... Um, are there distinctions between Padme and Leia for you? Because the connections are so clearly there that uh, Padme, we get to see again and again as a head of state and somebody mm-hmm. who understands uh, protocol and getting you know, the right Jogan fruit for the right ambassador in things that we get to see Leia do, uh, not so much in the movies, but in all of her expanded mm-hmm. uh, fiction, we, we get to see that side of Leia. Is there, to you, is there something that makes Padme different from Leia? Hmm. I think more formal training in a way. You yes. know, Leia started to get Prince of, of Alderaan is very much Leia going through formal stuff on Alderaan. But it seems like she didn't have time to go to finishing school. You know, yes. the war started. She was on a blockade runner getting the hell out of Dodge. And Padme, even though she started so young, it's one of the things I love about the Plagueis novel that's no longer canon is you do touch upon this young girl from the Nabiri family that's kind of being groomed and pushed into politics. Yeah. Not pushed, but like groomed for this line of work. So Padme's got, she's like the, she's the, the standard bearer of what's going on in Leia. Eventually gets there. She's regal. That shot in Last Jedi of her looking out on Crate and yeah. everything is, is so 
to me is a very Padme-like feel. Kind but sad. Kind yeah. but sad, regal, powerful, but on the field of action right yeah. there in the battle. Um, but you know what I mean? Like Padme, Padme graduated college. Leia didn't have time to. She couldn't because the yeah. war had begun. Yeah. yeah. That's the best description. That's the best. I mean, Leia is just more rebellious. Yeah. She is a rebel. Ha ha. But she, <laughs> she really is. I mean, and so it's like, it's funny because she has those moments of, of being so regal. And yet, like mm-hmm. you're saying, there's just a little bit of, of, uh, of a r- not rougher edge. I can't mm-hmm. describe it. Just a little bit more like willing to improvise or I think because Carrie Fisher is so Leia. Yes. There you go. You get this sense that Padme would be like, it's Friday night. We'll have a sip of wine where Leia's like, <laughs> I'm getting drunk. You know? yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll pull you it know? together in the morning yeah. somehow. Yeah. And, and I say that with my feet. Yeah. All respect to Carrie's struggles and everything in life. But that nature until her very end was this, this independent spirit. And I think le- that really comes into the play in the character of Leia. Yeah. It's literally in the last shot where she yeah. decides to have a shot of whiskey before she goes <laughs> to this important meeting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, for me, I think it's on the cutting room floor, but there's a little bit that makes Padme different because she comes from this large and loving family mm-hmm. that, that you know, people from big families are used to uh, negotiating, right? Yeah. Because you have to. In, in uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, we really get that sense of, like, I am a single child with two doting parents, mm-hmm. and that's a very different sort of environment mm-hmm. to grow up in. And I, I think all that cutting room floor stuff of her, not only with her family, but then also building the beginning of the rebellion. That's that's a kid who comes from a big family. Yeah. And and for a moment on this Attack of the Clones deleted scenes where she goes home, if you ever if you've ever seen them, I'm sure they're on YouTube. I don't think they're on the actual discs, but I could be mistaken. I don't I have an older copy of Attack of the Clones. Um some of it's awkward, deleted scene stuff, but I don't think the dialogue it doesn't play out yeah. as well and everything. But there, I love some of the moments in the middle of all the stuff going on. There's still her family kind of like, tell us, like a, what's going on with the guy? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> Nothing's going on with the guy. And I love Padme being able to have that real human moment because she's been wearing this crown literally and figuratively for a long time and all this stuff. And I like that her mom and sister are like, no, 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 no. Tell us about the guy. What's yeah. going on? And I, I, that was a fun moment for me, too, that it doesn't make it to the final movie. Yeah, I mean, that, man, those those deleted scenes are great, where yeah. uh, Anakin and, and his future and father-in-law yeah. are just kind of having a walk in the garden with awkward political conversations. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Uh. All right, so another thing that uh, comes up with the character of Padme very, very much is her passing in Revenge of the Sith, not only that it doesn't quite match what uh, Leia described of remembering her mother. We have our own headcanon for that. But I want to talk about what are our personal theories or headcanons about why and how Padme died? Do we have headcanon that we feel like honors the character of Padme? Or, or do we just not? Um, mm-hmm. And again, to, to quote the analysis droid, it's that, uh, it, it's that they can't find a reason mm-hmm. that she's dying. I think there's some there's always some unexplained in life, right? And I think so it is in Star Wars and you got the force and all that kind of stuff. It could have just been this this tremendous soul crushing. I don't know if the force I don't say the force is calling her home because why would you do that force and leave these two kids motherless? Yeah. You know, I like the the novel, the Return of the Jedi novel version of Padme was, uh, you know, what we now know as Padme was alive and took Leia to Alderaan. You know, George wanted to change his mind, and I respect it, whatever. That's another headcanon. But as far as her death, I look at it as it's some kind of bigger reason with the Force. 
you know? Okay. Mm. I don't know. That's good. I like that. I think that we've done some counseling on this. <laughs> I think you have, Joseph. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but whatever you said, it was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes sense. I, You know, it's interesting because the whole thing of dying of a broken heart uh, is an interesting concept. And then... With unfortunately, with Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her mom Debbie Fisher, who did pass so yeah. soon after Carrie did, and people were saying she died of a broken heart, and yeah. never did anyone say, "Oh, that she's Debbie Fisher." Uh, Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds is um, weak, or you would never say that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think if if I, it gave me a different perspective on this notion of dying of a broken heart, because it it mm-hmm. it happens, and yep. so. Yeah, maybe I'm making peace with that because it was something that I did find problematic. Yeah. About oh. why, why would she leave her children that yeah. should give her the I, strength? And I remember, I'm glad, this is why I'm glad I don't write Star Wars movies. At the time, I remember thinking, I wish there had been a fight. I wish she'd been more like more physical proof. And I'm like, wait, I wanted to, I wanted Anakin to assault her. Like, right, what, exactly. what if, I, yeah, right. I'm stupid. That, 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 I wouldn't want that. But it, I remember at the time feeling, yeah, you do feel a little like that's it. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. How does Leia? And then, then in the theater in two thousand five, you're like, but so how does Leia remember? That right. was the first, and, that, and you get stuck on that. And now years later, I can look back and and and, and the cosmic forces at play and, and yeah, and a lot of things. Yeah, because I think we we use uh, "died of a broken heart" as shorthand, which then sometimes right. people have a problem with because her final words is that she believes they're still good in Anakin, mm-hmm. and what I believe the an- analysis droid actually says is she's lost the will to live. Right. And we shorthand that to broken heart, which then doesn't really jibe with what her actual last words are. Mm-hmm. And we know her to be a fighter. So for me, uh, I think I'm almost interested in this headcanon of she is a little physically injured. She's sure. emotionally injured. Maybe there's some creepy Palpatine dark side connection. There are all those theories of like her life force is going to Anakin. They have their mm. mirrored surgery. I don't think that's explicit in the movie. That's my opinion. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested in some headcanon of, like, does she have to give in some uh, force way uh, some of her power to Luke and Leia mm. to survive? Right. Mm-hmm. Because right. I think that's a premature birth, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's. Brought on by trauma? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, I naturally return to you, Jennifer, on, on this kind of issue. Yeah, it definitely seems, you know, it was close to the finish line anyways, but all of a sudden the body was like, we need to do this. Right. You know, maybe the force was like, we need to do this. Yeah, exactly. No, that, that makes complete sense sense especially if she was already injured and so yeah but then at the same you cannot have Anakin kill her right right? I mean you just can't have that so it's a very delicate line right right so yeah I I should you're right I shouldn't say I don't want it to be that yeah no he he choked her and no but like if there is a like uh you know uh this again this is not an interpretation of the movie this is utter headcanon to make this character you know be the character that that you want to see i like the idea that it makes sense to me that she would give her strength that she would sacrifice herself for these these children mm-hmm. right um, I like that. and then if she could keep going she could get through to anakin mm-hmm. that's that's a, a real i to hear you even say it now and, and plainly as you, and wonderfully as you just did that that is that is a powerful moment then if you if you can look at it from that sense if you want to get hung up on on broken heart thing or anything oh which i think are all legitimately valid things oh, yeah. but but the the character of padme is carried out from beginning to end in this this way and it's something that she might do even even if she was consciously aware of it you must you must give yourself up so these children 
can live. She she might have chosen that yeah. on her own. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and so it all it is kind of a bittersweet, beautiful moment, and and leads to the redemption of the galaxy, the save the saving of the galaxy. Yeah, right? yeah. So we've talked around it a little bit, but I want to uh, highlight Padme in Clone Wars and Forces of Destiny. Do we have specific favorite moments of the character in those uh, Star Wars stories? Mm. I, I, there's so there's actually so many in the Clone Wars that I, I'm struggling without having gone through and watching them all to give you a specific Clone Wars moment. You definitely the one where they're they're kidnapped is is uh, not, uh, yeah Cad Bane kidnaps them and yeah. traps them or whatever holds them hostage. I do love love that kind of stuff. It's all the little moments that that goes out. The Force is a destiny one, Jennifer. Though yeah. that, that's more fresh in our minds. Yeah, exactly. That's I, I was struggling with the Clone Wars as well. It's, it's been so long, but I. I do love the Forces of Destiny episodes. I love the imposter inside where she teams up with Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, I love the monster. What is it? The monster. Misunderstanding. Uh, misunderstanding. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because we really see her compassion um, and her instincts come into play in that in that short little episode. Yeah. That is something that my, my daughter watched and immediately got, oh, mm. the baby, you know, like it, it's just, it's it's a beautiful little slice of this character. And, and Star Wars at its best, preaching, uh, you know, talk, talking to the, the young kids, mm-hmm. going, hey, look, you don't always shoot the monster. Sometimes there might be a reason for the monster. Figure it out. And here's right. co- here comes Padme. Yeah. yeah, wise queen to tell you. Yeah, mm-hmm. the monster misunderstanding was going to be one of my examples too because yeah. it's got the great Star Wars from a certain point of view of let's try looking at this from a different point of view and it also ties into, I think, her feelings for Anakin of like, hey, maybe it's something that looks monstrous on the surface, mm. like screaming that I just killed them all. <laughs> maybe it's not a monster if we look at it from the right perspective mm-hmm. and, yeah. and reach out and help. Uh, yeah, a lot of great uh, Padme arcs, I think. Uh, there's the arc where Aura Singh is trying to kill her yeah. And she is traveling with Ahsoka. I think just in general in the Clone Wars, it's great to be see so many uh, of the nitty-gritty politics that she understands the politics and that everyone is always trying to kill her. And she's always like, <laughs> I'll deal with it. Just <laughs> always. Just a breakfast, lunch, assassination <laughs> attempt, dinner. Yep, that's that's Padme's life in the Clone Wars. Can I just say, cat, cat. Tabber, yeah. yeah. Oh, shout out to her. She yeah. really has made this mm-hmm. character. I mean, that, she has made me lo- like this character a mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. because of the performances that she's given. So, yay! Thank you. Yeah, Kat. and I, it's it's an accomplishment because I think it's building on what Natalie Portman did too. It's exactly. not like this was wrong, so let's just go over here. <laughs> yeah. Let's just erase it. No, it's no, totally exactly. building it's taking on that it. foundation and making the character even greater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, what kind of stories do we want to see with Padme? in the future like what media and what kind of stories we that the the quote unquote young padme novel which yes. uh, hmm. that rumor popped up yes it did and here's I'll, here I'll, I'll say this because I, I uh, we had on, on Jedi Council did the story and we did a mock up of the cover. Right? Ooh, mm. like hey, here's what it would look like based off kind of the Princess of Alderaan. Someone wrote me and I can't remember, so I can't. Re- I don't. It's not that I don't want to reveal. I can't remember. Someone's like. Yeah, my friend's designing that and thought that they had released it already when he saw your guys' picture. What? And that's a year ago? Yeah. And we haven't heard a thing. Oh. We haven't heard a thing. So it makes me wonder. uh, It makes me wonder what happened with it, but I still think we're going to get it, and that's what I want. I want to see what James Lucino hinted at in Plagueis. The, the young track of a politician on Naboo, which was something, you know, she, she was not the youngest queen, right? Uh, yeah, or, I think, that's what it I was think there was at least yeah. one more. She's one of them for sure, but it wasn't abnormal 
that a young, you know, 13, 14 year old uh, girl on the move would be queen or go into politics. What got her to that point? And uh, I'd really like to see that story a little bit more for family. Some yeah. Of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point, with that great series of YA novels, if they don't release a Padme one, it's like a sin of omission mm-hmm. at this point because they have one on Ahsoka, on Leia. Yeah. Kira is featured prominently. We have so many of the central women characters of Star Wars being highlighted in those books that I would love to see that. Uh, it would be interesting to see on Naboo, but I'd also be happy to see like another Clone Wars adventure mm-hmm. or maybe an adventure, uh, uh, you know, h- how she becomes a senator or maybe we tell a little bit more of the story of the beginning of the rebellion from her perspective during the Ooh. events of Revenge of the Sith. All sorts of, I think, interesting stories to tell with her. Hmm. Jennifer? I really wish that she was alive. <laughs> uh, how, do we, how do we do that? You know why? It's because I, I love Natalie Portman so much, and I feel like she has really, she was already a fantastic actress at such a young age, and she has only become better with everything that she does and becoming a mom. I listened to a podcast on with her recently, and she just has a real, like, kind of, I don't want to say an effort attitude. And I think if she were to be brought back to Star Wars, I would love to see what she would do with her performance now. Mm. Like being so comfortable with who she is as a woman and who she is as an actress. Oh, I think it could be so great. I wish there was a way. Yeah. <laughs> She's a clone. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, with, with, with all due respect to the creator, George. Yeah, with all due respect to George. Giving yeah. her an actor's director oh, with Star God. Wars. Now, I, I totally understand. Joseph, you hit on something, though, here. Can we can we get this going? All right, you're fr- you're, look, you're, you're friends with Jody Hauser, right? Yeah. Can, can you get this pitched? I want a five issue Padme comic yeah. set against Revenge of the Sith of her and Bale. Mon Mothma and the formation of the Rebel Alliance, or the early days. Oh, there you go. Come on. Yeah. That's good. From another perspective. There are a plethora of writers in the Star Wars world who love to do uh, what I think of as Star Wars cleanup, right? Uh, Claudia Gray, you know, has, has those great lines about, this is why Leia was affecting a British accent on the Death Star, to yeah. make fun of Tarkin. <laughs> yes. We got Chuck Wendig, who's like, I'm going back for Jar Jar. I'm going to patch him up, you know? I'm going to make Beautiful his story... Stuff. Makes sense. A bunch of them have pitched. Like, we want to tell why uh, Kylo is named Ben Solo when he was born. And yeah. Lucasfilm was like, not yet, not yet. Not yet. So there's no uh, shortage. Jody has has dropped great details in her comics that mm-hmm. flesh things out. Uh, so has Gary Whitta. Uh, there's no shortage of people who I think would love to tell, like, the story of Revenge of the Sith from Padme's perspective mm. and maybe flesh out yeah. the formation of the Rebellion and her passing. Yeah. And I'm oh, so fascinated if Lucasfilm would ever want to do that want to just let somebody run and go like yeah play around with looking at the canon from a different point of view for yeah. for fans of padme on that level because i think the book from a certain point of view they do that but it's it gets heavy the yoda obi-wan stuff but you know we have fun with the gunk dro- or the yeah. mouse droid and everything like that but could, could could they take george's movie and and add this re reinsert those deleted scenes with a whole bunch more oh yeah man how do we get that going? <laughs> juicy, juicy stuff. Uh, all right. I realized that I should, while we were talking, I realized that we could not get through this without asking this question. A huge part of the legacy of Padme is the most amazing and exotic costumes oh. featured in Star Wars, right? Yeah. So let's talk yeah. favorite outfit mm. for Padme. Oh. Ken? Well, one of my favorite <laughs> shots in Star Wars. Uh-huh has always been since January, February of 99 when the trailer first came out, is the the dress with the lights. 
Yeah. And the camera slowly zooming in and, and on her as she looks out the window. I mean, that is a, a legacy shot. And yeah. It was beautiful then. It's it's beautiful now. Uh, it's not a more. It's not one of the more functional outfits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Um, I also do love for just comic reasons, unintentional comedy, because the first time I saw it in the theater, in Attack of the Clothes, where they do the fast cut, and it's her and Anakin on the couch, and she's got that black leather. Yeah. <laughs> she's oh, like, yeah. The whole right. audience, when I was so went, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of storytelling to be had with that. Uh, you know, the yeah. moment where Leia goes to her wardrobe and like, mm-hmm. all right, uh, kind of feeling this romance, but we, we probably shouldn't. What should I wear to the fireplace? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose this. There's some love, storytelling to be had I love there. that one. There are so many great outfits. That beautiful purple, uh, like, rainbow kind of dress that mm. she wears, I believe, in Attack of the Clones. It's so romantic with her, you know, uh, oh, yeah. hair very wavy and flowing. But I do love the Queen Amidala headdress with the, the painted makeup yeah. and, the, and the red. My daughter loves this image so much and she just will stare at it and 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 so that's really giving me a, a new love for that for that costume that I initially I like I told you guys I was oh it's a little too stiff and now I'm like I love it mm-hmm. and I want to get dolls where she's wearing that costume so my daughter can play with them mm-hmm. yeah I think that that stiffness has like a power of like do not mess with me I'm right. just going to mm-hmm. calmly state what's going on you will respect me. I have several orbs at the bottom of my dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I actually, uh, pre-Nexu uh, midriff cut, which I know is a whole conversation, yeah. I, I do actually just like her very functional Attack of the Clones outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when I see people cosplaying a lot. It's yeah. got great rhythms with Leia's original dress in A New Hope. With yeah. the, it's the got pure white. a lot of Hoth Leia action from yes. like Bespin when she's in a little jumpsuit after she kind of gets out of the red dress. Yeah. There's a connection there too, yeah. Yeah, and I also like from Phantom Menace, uh, partially because it was in a video game where you got to play Padme a lot, I like her, it's kind of a, a frilly black dress that she basically yes. puts on to uh, surrender because she has to to the Trade Federation. Oh, I yeah. love her, her defiant like, all right, I'm going to s- select a specific dress yeah. to briefly capitulate to this invasion, which I have no intention of actually tolerating, yeah. but I will briefly wear my kind of large FU dress yeah. to get off the planet. I, I, I love it. I love it. It, it. Her surrender dress. You yeah. know? And, and, and it, it is... You can have some fun with, uh, man, when, when does she have time to change to change these outfits? I mean, she's got this handmaiden team around her. They can switch her. It's part of it. But each one having its own little purpose. Yeah. Uh, and her way to use her fashion to c- communicate who she is and what her intentions might be yeah. is very fascinating to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I know uh, from discussing uh, this on, on Star Wars Minute that there are devoted cosplayers who have names for each and every one of her costumes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Great. I, I cannot, I cannot for, of course, forget to mention one of my favorites. It's pe- pe- pregnant Padme. Pregnant I Padme, yeah. saw a pregnant Padme cosplayer. It's the brown kind of mm. tunic and the leggings. Let me tell you, as a, as a woman who's been pregnant, this is a comfortable looking <laughs> outfit. I want to wear it now. It's just, yeah. I love it. And there's not very many cos- costumes that you can cosplay when you're pregnant. Yeah. So. Does her universe have like a line of... of- uh, maternity? maternity no, no. She should. She All right, should. Ashley, if you're yeah. listening, you're yeah. not. Make it happen. Oh, you totally reminded that. me of, of one of my favorite cosplay things I saw at Convergence was a woman had made her own uh, BB-8 maternity dress, a uh. pregnant woman where she just painted the BB-8 oh, awesome. stylings. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, awesome. That was hilarious. All right, we're going to close out our Padme conversation with this question. If you could 
in real life, would you want to have handmaidens slash bodyguards? Ken was going to say no, I but was he's questioning. Say no, because I'm such a loner. Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty hard where you have just like a bunch of people who vaguely look at you kind of hanging around like you're just making a burger and people are popping like, do do you need anything, Mr. Napsock? Yeah, and I've I've had the experience of I've 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 guarded pink, jewel and mini driver. Wow. (laughs) All right. I've escorted them around and been protection for them. Um, I'd rather do that. And otherwise, I'd be alone. Just I want to walk into a Carl's Jr. alone. Okay, I don't want to have to. I mean, I'd be very nice to the royal guard if they're with me. He'd be like, "Hey, Bob, you want something?" But yeah. I just would rather go alone. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> if I was in a position of power or a celebrity, absolutely, I'd want handmaidens by my side. I imagine it like my my group of of girlfriends that I have, where they look out for me. They always have my back. They're gonna tell me if there's something in my teeth. They're also gonna <laughs> let me know if like this person seems really shady. You know, because there's a lot of hangers on. There's a lot of people when you're when you're a person in power that they want to, you know, whisper in your ear. So you need to have that kind of like not just physical barrier. You need that emotional barrier Mm. of people that are going to let you know. Don't trust that guy. Yeah. The concept of handmaidens is very interesting. It plays out very interesting in Game of Thrones as well. Any type of like medieval political kind of ruler, it is because they're more than just uh, can you fetch me a bowl of water. They it are. is way, and then with Padme, they're trained killers. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you get the don't best. Don't let of them both fool worlds. you. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I think there is something about yeah. I, I'm definitely a loner. I just like mm. when when I'm done. I love social interaction, but when I'm done, I just want to be alone with Battlefront too. I don't need uh, you know uh, four people who look like me going. Are you sure you want? to do that yeah. is that where you want to put Bosk's proximity <laughs> minds is that the smartest decision sir i don't want that but the, i think the most appealing thing to me is the idea of having somebody who can cosplay as this regal version of you mm. and then you can be like the the calm quiet version of you and see the truth of how people treat you when they think you have power yep and oh. how they treat you when they think you're no one yep that is powerful and i think one of the best parts of phantom menace is that you jedi assume too much yeah you know, and even Qui-Gon that we think of as in, intuitive and smart and thoughtful is just totally bamboozled by this political tradition, this uh, security tradition yeah. uh, of Naboo specifically. Like, yeah. I don't think Naboo tells everybody when they join the Galactic Center, like, by the way, this is our tradition. Like, they do this on purpose so they can suss out. Yeah. How are you really going to treat people? That right. is a great moment that is not, I think... You know, uh, Padme bowing before Boss Nass is, is is one of my more least favorite moments. It's a little bit of an awkward delivery of the line, not Natalie's fault, I don't think. But I'd love the follow up of Qui Gon and Obi Wan looking at each other because I think they're both like, "Got us, yeah, that's well, pretty cool." Super, super dumb Jedi moment. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we've been bad Jedi these last few days. Uh, all right, any any final thoughts on Padme, or should we leave it at a celebration of handmaidens and sussing out? <laughs> the real treatment of people in the galaxy. Peace or Peace or I just, you know, I hope if you haven't, uh, if you listen to this and, and you, you hadn't really thought about Padme in this way, I hope we opened uh, open up your mind a little bit to what Padme is and means to the Star Wars universe. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful character. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine being, say, a 12-year-old girl, not that it, George didn't intend this message to 12-year-olds to go one way or the other, but to give this Look, well, you're if I, I if you're in a theater in 1999, or you're sitting down now, your daughter now in in, in a decade or so, Jen, where she looks and has this powerful queen mm-hmm. in front of her making these decisions. 
Um, I think it is. I think it's a powerful part of Star Wars that we can't overlook, and and, and Padme has that great value. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we end our conversation with thunderous applause. Yeah. And from there we go. Thank you, Joseph. Absolutely. To audience questions. All right. We take these questions from Twitter. We take them from Patreon. We take them also from Facebook. Let's see what the grab bag of questions has for us today. First one is from Wine101, CSW at Wine101. I now want some wine. (laughs) I know, me too. (laughs) They write, even though I would love the idea of it, do you really think the unknown regions will be the new frontier, quote unquote, to carry Star Wars for generations to come beyond the Skywalker saga? Love the show. Well, we love you, 101. Uh, What do we think? I totally understand the spirit of this question. I think it's great, Joseph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that the big question is Ryan Johnson's trilogy and how what choice is going to be made if Ryan Johnson truly says this is not going to have any connection to characters or places that have come before then my mind goes to uh, the unknown regions because mm-hmm. I think that's a relatively open story but I think it also could be that yeah, that wine 101 is right and, and we shouldn't be uh, hanging every guess on the unknown regions and that maybe it will just be a, a story of a small system of planets right mm-hmm. I do think at this point, whether plans are in motion or it's just that Dave Filoni has uh, thrown thrown his leather hat on top of this idea that there are more stories to be told in the unknown regions mm. with the search for Ezra, who I think went to the unknown regions. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's unresolved storytelling that many of us fans guess is in the unknown regions. So I think we're going to get that eventually. Certainly Snoke's rise, First Order's rise eventually. Yeah, But will we get everything in the future in Star Wars happening there? I agree we shouldn't. Yeah, I definitely agree we shouldn't, Jen. Yeah, I don't. I d- agree that we shouldn't. In fact, I kind of thought of it was just going to be like a sprinkling of the unknown regions going forward. But now that you made that point with Dave Filoni, I think we are going to be getting a lot more content, more stories about the unknown regions. There is a lot to explore. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, see, there's a lot to explore, and as it relates specifically to Snoke, his al- mute alien navigators yeah. yep, and Last Jedi intrigue me to no end. A lot of it, so I want stories out there, but what 101's asking this core question is, this new frontier that we're going to send a lot of stories here, I, I don't think so, and I don't want to because I think this galaxy is big enough, Batu, we now see this new planet's created, and we're going right. to have a lot of cool things happen yeah. there. Aktu is actually in like wild space, unknown region. So is Ilum. We've already kind of been there, uh, not to the full extent. And I like what happens when you get out there. There, there's just space whales flying around, and it's this whole <laughs> weird alternate universe. I don't think so. I think a lot of the stories still will be told in the Star Wars galaxy we know. Mm. Yeah, I think. All right. Uh, next question, also from Twitter at uh, this is Renee Carbajal, longtime listener at Gramp Caramba. Yes, it's a great question here. Is blue milk a force suppressant and is green milk maximum <laughs> strength? <laughs> I love this now, question. I've been That's playing a, a lot of Fortnite. Yeah. You get your little shield potions and, uh, you know, they each have different powers and meanings. So I, I'm going along with that regard. Jennifer, do you think there's some differences in the blue milk and the green milk? I never thought of this, Renee, but I love it. I kind of see the green milk like wheatgrass or something packed <laughs> with a, a lot of nutrients. Or is it more like a Red Bull? I don't know. 
This is great. <laughs> I love the idea that the Thal Siren would generate Red Bull. And Luke's just <laughs> alone on Octu, just kind of jittering with energy. <laughs> All I have to drink is, uh, is, is Red Bull from the Thal Siren. Oh, I think this is so funny. Longtime Legend of Zelda player, you know, mm. you get the different colored potions yeah. and they have different effects. This is so great. But, uh, you know, this opens up such huge mm. issues in canon. If this was true and you got Aunt Beru on purpose, constantly serving a force suppressant to Luke Skywalker. He is going to stay on the farm. Yeah. He is not going to have any feelings or intuitions. And then that holds true in Rogue One, where Galen's probably telling Lyra, I want I want Jin to have some blue milk because yep. I don't want her to get involved. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> the blue milk is for staying at home. And Lyra's like, like I'm, you know, I'm going to give her this necklace. That's yeah. really troubling, actually. That all the parents of the galaxy <laughs> would be doing that to their children, yes. or that they don't even know it. But Palpatine, at <gasps> one point put into market this force suppressant milk. Oh, oh yeah, my he manipulated the midi chlorians. Yeah. Of animals that produce blue milk. We're going oh. to put fluoride in the water and force suppressant in the milk. Their teeth will rot and the Jedi will not rise. Oh my gosh. Uh, love that. Great question, Renee. Now we go to Patreon. We always take two questions from our Patreon page. We'll tell you how to find that page at the end of the show. Kirk Heisig asks this question. Pick a character from the Muppets to appear in a galaxy far, far away. He adds, much to my dismay, not any of the pigs in space, because that would have been the answer. <laughs> what kind of role would they play, i.e. Peppy the King Prawn as a Sith Lord, or Camilla the Chicken as a Bounty Hunter, or Oscar <laughs> the Grouch as a Dianoga, as a Muppets, lifelong Muppets fan, who still needs to get up to that Hen- Henson display at Skirball oh, Center. so good. Lifelong Muppets fan. Watched it on Saturday nights with my dad. Watched Muppet Babies. Love it. And it is tied to Star Wars. Those Muppet mm-hmm. Baby Star Wars episodes are great. Jennifer, mm-hmm. where, this is a great question. What's your answer? This is just a no-brainer. I immediately think of uh, Rizzo the Rat, who is on the new Muppet <laughs> Babies show. He's great. And so who better to team up with Rizzo than Salacious B. Crumb? Oh, this is yeah. this is just a natural fit. Can oh, you imagine yeah. the hijinks that would ensue between those two? Oh, the pranks they would pull. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I want to make it happen now. That is really, really great. I like uh, that. Mr. Scrimshaw. I want, in episode nine, like we were talking about, Lando Calrissian swoops in to save the day with his new co-pilot, Gonzo. Oh, just oh, yeah. little hands flying over the control from the unknown regions. Yeah, from the <laughs> unknown regions. Nobody knows what Gonzo is. And even Land will be like, I don't know what he is, but he's great behind, you know, the controls <laughs> of a Corellian starship. That Gosh. would be great. I would love that. Or yeah. if there was a when we I think eventually do get Old Republic, if there is just a shot of hundreds of Jedi and one of them with no explanation holding the lightsaber is Fozzie Bear. Oh, Fozzie no. Bear Jedi. Fozzie. Waka Waka. Fozzie waka Waka. Fozzie Bear answer. Jedi. Wow. Way in the background. I was going to think maybe Fozzie in the cantina, but I have, I have two two answers here. Uh, one, it's pretty simple and direct, but Snuffleupagus no. from Sesame Street <laughs> as a bantha. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that way, yeah. the long nights in the desert, you can talk to him. Mm. And, just, and, and is he really there? You don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, nobody believes Luke. Oh, yeah. He saw <laughs> yeah, Snuffleupagus. No. I, I met a bantha and he talked to me. <laughs> sure, kid. Drink more blue milk. <laughs> uh, but the other one, if uh, maybe somewhere in Mos Eisley, Mos Espa, oh, yeah. maybe Coruscant, doesn't matter. Wherever you find a good f- uh, freighter pilot, I want Beauregard, the oh, taxi yeah. driver. Uh, you know, hey, oh. I'm Beauregard. 
You just, he'd be a good guy <laughs> to get you from planet to planet. There. That's a beautiful answer. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. A lot of memories in the Muppet questions. Matthew Z. Reed asks, what are your thoughts on having mechas in the vein of Pacific Rim or Gundam uh, Robotech, my favorite, of course, uh, in Star Wars? Personally, I would not like it, but I'm obsessed with them lately, so what do you all think? So mm. this is mech, mechas, basically. You take a human pilot and put them in some big gear that's like a big robot that also might transform into a jet. <laughs> Joseph, what do you think? Yeah, I don't want it to be an ever-present thing, but I'm all about it if it's introduced in the right way of this is the way a specific culture experimented with technology. Ooh. It was done in a real Star mm-hmm. Wars way. I go to that um, Battlefront Two mm-hmm. novel where uh, they are researching these old stone droids, right? Yes. And different ideas of how technology looks to different people. Yeah. Especially since uh, the Star Wars Resistance cartoon is going to be in an anime style. I'd, I'd love a sort of fun episode where they, they discover some planet, maybe in the unknown regions or at the edge <laughs> of space, some corner of Batuu where a specific society experimented with. Well, instead of just mm-hmm. flying in these, what if we tried to wear yeah. our starfighters? I, I would be interested in that. Got to be really careful to not yeah. upset the, uh, the aesthetic apple cart. But if it was done right, I think it'd be kind of fascinating. Yeah, it's like it's like those weird crossover toys you see sometimes, like a Tie Fighter that transforms into Vader. Yeah, right, right. Jennifer. Yeah, immediately I think the only place it might work would be a Forces of Destiny uh, episode. Mm. We kind of got that in the one with Ahsoka, where she's trying to rush to uh, the Jedi Temple uh, for Ooh, her yeah. ceremony, and there's like that malfunctioning giant droid robot yeah. that's you know causing uh, wreaking havoc throughout the throughout the city. So maybe there it might work. Eh, I don't mm. know. Yeah, as much as I'm a fan of Robotech, I, I agree with you, Matthew. It's something I wouldn't want to see on a large scale. On a small scale, yeah. Could I imagine that at some point the Empire decided, like, what if we were to take a Stormtrooper and kind of make a Stormtrooper-sized walker? Yeah. You know, mm. and you, you, you put, you, you're in the center, you control it, and you can walk along, and the, it's got arms, and it's, you know, I, I could see that. Yeah, but it immediately doesn't work and just crushes the Stormtrooper, <laughs> yeah. and that's all we ever yeah. hear of it. Uh, and if it's, you know, force related or something and it's tied into the midi-chlorians of the pilot, you know, all this kind of you know, that, that <laughs> stuff. But again, like you said, the the aesthetic apple cart of Star Wars would be tipped over and the apples falling onto the floor. And I don't want that. But hey, at least I got my Robotech. <laughs> Thank you for the questions, Matthew, Kirk, Renee and Wine 101. We appreciate them. We love hearing directly from you guys. And there's ways to do it on Twitter. You can reach us on Force Center Pod. On Instagram, Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have the website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. Merch is always available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Tweet us your merch picks, and we'll reshare them. We had a few this past week. Podcasts available a lot of places, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Podomatic Mobile as well. And on Patreon, Joseph, we had a lot of fun recording a little commentary the other day that will be out soon. That's where we're making things happen. That's right. You can go to patreon.com slash center to check out what we're offering. And as Ken was just saying, we recorded our commentary for Dramatic Ellipsis, <laughs> The Last Jedi. And we had so much fun. It was just electrifying to get to, to talk about it while watching the movie. And our next goal on Patreon that we're pretty close to is unlocking commentary for every Star Wars movie. We will do them all. All. 
including the holiday special. Yay! Oh, yeah. Maybe the Ewok movies. We won't, we won't, <laughs> that might be a separate goal. Caravan of Courage. Caravan of Courage yes. might be its own separate goal to unlock. But we, we're loving doing the commentary. We're releasing them as audios to our, our patrons and then to everybody on YouTube. So if you're interested in that, you get access to our monthly bonus uh, a patron uh, show called Finish the Fan Fiction. Info on all of that is at patreon.com slash center. Thank you so much for helping us out and helping us keep going here on the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube or release some more little content content pieces, databank brawl, more things coming. Subscribe there if you haven't. We are almost out of here on the supersized edition, an edition worthy of a queen of Naboo. Don't forget Comic-Con this Friday. Joseph and I will be there. Meet up 4 p.m. Friday. Look for the location on our Twitter page. Jennifer, we're almost out of here, but what do you got going on? You can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa and be sure to check out my latest Happy Beeps where I talk about how to maintain your Star Wars joy. And George Lucas himself, well, he doesn't really make an appearance, so to speak, but he, I do dissect what he talks about, the difference between pleasure and joy. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Does he talk about flannel? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> that is both a pleasure and, <laughs> and a joy. joy. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Scrimshaw, you and I got comedy this Friday night in Comic-Con as well, but uh, you are always cooking up some wonderful stuff. Yeah, I try to keep myself busy. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram in particular is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That has my comedy albums, including the Star Wars one, my other podcast, Obsessed, and live shows. Always got a lot of live shows going on. Ken mentioned uh, San Diego. Also, if you're in Los Angeles, I've got my monthly uh, show called Game Night Variety Show. Again, go to the old website, look at the live shows page. Absolutely. You can follow me at Cadnapsack. That includes Instagram TV with my Monday through Friday daily motivations to fail at getting through the week and fail <laughs> at being motivated. Check them out. That is it. Let us know your thoughts on Padme. Reach out to us. And if we see you at Comic-Con, it's going to be a lot of fun. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.